There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Never rushed and prepared to perfection using only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. And right now, Eric's Family Barbecue is taking pre-orders for the big game on February 13th. Call or come in now to place your order. $100 minimum and pick up Sunday between 11 and 2. Deadline to order is February 10th. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet mesquite repeat. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. This man needs medical attention. Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. That's my fault. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to the morning sickness. I'll fix that in one little bump. There you go. (laughs) There's that intro music we love so much. Hi, my name's John. There's Brady. There's Brett, Big Dick Toledo. This is the morning sickness and off and running. It goes for a yet another day. Thursday, already here. Somehow or another, it's Thursday. And all I do is sit around the house like a whore. I'm all pilled up. My hips work perfectly now so I can butterfly, which I haven't been able to do with my pelvis for... It's got to be six, seven years since I've been able to do anything I deemed as normal. But I lay there and let my legs just open. Because before, when one would open, it would pull the other side over. Couldn't move. Wasn't moving properly. Pelvis, legs, all one big chunk. Now you'll be able to dry your bag out in the summer. Man. Oh, oh, oh. I'm actually thinking that's not a bad idea. You might have been joking. And I'm thinking maybe I'm going to sun my sack. Yeah, because it's just this amazing relief that's coming on. and Oh, this glorious post-operative realization that it was all worth it. And then I'll go bonk my head and die, because that's exactly what happens in life. Everything feels okay, and you're like, hey, this is, I'm on a good track. And then you lightly tap your head, and a month later, a coroner's telling TMZ that you had brain bleed, went to sleep, and died. That is crazy. The Bob Saget story. In fact, what's weird was yesterday, Shane Orlando was here with uh, Jen Gardner and our sales lady, and we're standing outside, and Jen's like, is Bob Saget on that wall? Because we got a wall of autographs. Uh, and I'm like, he sure is. He is He's right yeah. there. She goes, oh, heart attack. He's so young to have a heart attack. I'm like, yeah, he's in his 60s. And, you know, I don't know how hard Bob ran his life in the 80s and 90s. I'm not sure he was a a teetotaler. I know there were some parties. I'm sure he, he dabbled with the fun. And I said, so, you know, the 60s for a comedian, pretty much that deadline where you're going to start seeing a few of them fall off. Robin Williams. And plus, they're mentally disturbed people anyway. Isn't it always associated with the, the ones that, that would run? And I don't know exactly about Bob, but... Always seems there was the uh, the white powdered substance. Cocaine was always the one. That, oh, they went through that. Oh yeah, realm. everybody goes through that phase. Yeah, they're all. And that seems to be like uh, leads to the heart side of it, or they attribute who that. Knows? And who knows? But yeah, I, you know, everybody assumed heart attack. Turns out yesterday, Bob Saget's death, 
Nothing having to do with his heart at all. He bumped his head, took a nap, and never woke up again. Yikes. And that's just how fragile this whole system is, this whole thing. right? You know, it kind of brought me back to earth yesterday because I was flying. I've been talking about how much I hate pain pills and stuff, but yesterday... Changing your mind now? I get it. Oh, I finally... Whatever's going on in the bottom end of this sleeve of pain pills, <laughs> the last couple times I'm like, okay, this is all making sense to me now. It's been ridiculous. And now I'm like, all right, got to put this down because I've been trying to like wean off, but sometimes you're laying there and this stuff actually hurts. And yesterday I was in some pain, so I'm like, I'm just going to take a couple of these drift off they've been good sleeping pills but i didn't sleep i just floated around the room and felt fantastic i felt like just one big giant phallus just tingling top to bottom and somebody was just rubbing up and down it was amazing but uh yeah so i'm you know sitting there feeling pretty good about everything that's going on and then very quickly i start getting texts from people that say by the way it could all end in a you know half a second if you bonk your head Heather McDonald over here at the Tempe Improv falls, hits her head, splits her splits her cranium open right here on our stage in Tempe. Uh, Gets to the hospital. Fortunately, they take yeah. her there, and she had to stay overnight. She was you know fine. It, it cracked her skull, but just had a little minor episode. Yeah, and dropped down on stage right after talking about how healthy she is. So the crowd bursts into laughter. And I always said that you know, there's two types of shows you can go to: average, meh, nice night out. And one where you got a story for the rest of your life. That's a great one. That like one to I, me, you know. That, I have that one when I was uh, eight years old. My dad, when he was doing those variety shows with the young businessmen, the guy. I don't know about this. Oh, YBMC oh. was in Columbus, and they would put on a variety show to raise money for charity every year. Just and, in the park or something? And they'd have a orchestra, and they would do. Where? It was, they would get a theater. Oh, it was a live play. Yeah, live performance oh, and the orchestra. The, so the conductor gets up there and like, and it's kind of like vaudeville almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're doing some skits that, and we're there for the opening uh, dress rehearsal, basically. But it's a formal dress rehearsal. Conductor gets up there, gets the podium, click, 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 boom, and he passes out. Done because he's not. He died. Died. Oh man! Wow. That's a, see, and that made that night worth remembering. Show must go on. Well, it didn't really have to ever, ever really be a show. Off. Yeah, it's unfortunate <laughs> that guy died for no reason at all. Who buys tickets? I, I'm, I'm, I would have killed myself before I'd have a. That guy got out before everybody else. He was, he was the luckiest one in the theater. Who wants to go to the Young Businessmen's Variety Show? Well, you probably have the 100 families that their dads are involved oh, in the show. It's a fleecing for. People to drop cash off. What's the end goal? Hello, my baby. Hello, my yeah. darling. <laughs> Hello, my ragtime gal. Give to the Columbus Knights. Who's getting the money in the end? Young businessmen? Well, they're all yeah, yeah, the young business. It's kind of like the, uh, it's like if the Thunderbirds would throw a variety show uh, out there. And they're, they're the performers? The and they're the performers. Yeah, at least the Thunderbirds <laughs> have the decency not to perform. Like, I know. We'll, we'll throw a party. Correct. Watch it's, this. It's, they're not bringing out Snoop oh. or anyone. They're the performers. That's pathetic. And people went? Yeah. You had to go? I went a couple Were of times. Were you in it ever? No. As a prop or anything? No, no. It was all, uh, all the men involved. Oh, man. <laughs> that... I'd rather go to kids' recitals than dad's variety show. Oh, God. What's, what, can you imagine if your dad's like, all right, Brett, 
me and the other drivers are going to put together a little variety show. We built the stage in the backyard. And you know, it's, it, it, no. it's payback for all the ones they had to sit through that urine as a kid. Yeah. One of the finest things that I've ever been a part of was, I guess it was my dad's only variety show. We rented a uh, uh, houseboat in Lake Powell, he and a bunch of the guys he works with. And the families went up there. And then uh, they had a boom box on the top of the boat. And we had two of the boats. So we had probably 20 people. And they started to play Layla's Cocaine. I think, or Clapton's, Clapton's Cocaine. Clapton, or Clapton, I'm sorry. Clapton's Cocaine and Layla back to back over and over again until they were just singing it without the boom box. And everybody's like, oh, this is annoying. And then I just remember hearing my dad because somebody on a boat across the way, it was like 2 in the morning. We're all st- somebody on a boat across the way goes, shut the f- up. And then my dad's like, oh, yeah. And then you just hear into the air and I'm like oh Jesus. god damn it our pa- I'm laying with this girl and uh, her brother in the because we're the kids yeah and I'm like okay my dad's gone Yosemite Sam he's shooting into the wow the rootness you, do, yeah. <laughs> you don't like that noise how about this one who needs to shut up now I'm like oh we're gonna get killed tonight you got me on my knees <laughs> <It was, it laughs> the, the Wildermuth kids were laying there with me and we're all chatting away and then next thing you know my dad and we, we're just oh our parents are so stupid, and they're laughing. I'm like That's like the 80th time we've heard Layla and cocaine. And then they fire off a couple rounds to tell the other boaters that it's their lake. Well, there are no rounds at the YBMC variety show. Right. But well, there was a death. dropping dead. There was a death. <laughs> so very similar in the ways that my dad was trying to kill other boaters. Maybe there was, and we just don't know. But how about that? Yeah, my dad's variety show would have almost always inevitably turned out. You didn't like it? Let's fire a few into the drywall and... <laughs> it was a very strange night on Lake. And then we all woke up the next morning, and I'm not sure anyone was positive who was doing the shooting. Did he ever circle back around years later? You know, that was pretty dumb. Never talked never about it again. Me. It's yeah. like the time he caught me masturbating. It's never been brought up. <laughs> he caught you? Sort of. I was oh, already finished. it's a classic. <laughs> all right, he's not listening. <laughs> I was already done. Okay. It's like the middle of the day on a Saturday. This is one of my favorite friends. It's like, it's like 5, 5.30 on a Saturday afternoon. And I'm, uh, he caught me another time. But he knew it. But I was la- like in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday, I'm laying in bed with like the covers the pulled up to, my, up to my yeah. neck. Pretty obvious. And he just walks in. What's out? going on? Nothing. Why? It's the middle of the day and just laying in bed. No reason. Anyway. All right. Jesus. Shuts the door. Well, this one, my door, I had this tank. A fish that turned into a tank for a turtle. So there was a water tank in my room, and it was never clean. That room had to smell so bad. So this turtle, Tippy and I are in there, and uh, the door used to swell. It was a wooden door. It used to swell. So you have to kind of shoulder it to open it and make that noise. And so uh, I give the old tuggeroo for two and, you know, get it out of the way. And I was way before American Pie. I was a guy who was very expeditious with the end game. So I had a sock on the goods. Right. The catcher, a catch-all, right? So I'm standing there. Uh, it was his Jimmy hat. Yeah, it was my, it was my, my, <laughs> my yeah. That's, it's a Haynes it's Jimmy street hat. again. It's a Haynes one. So I'm standing in the middle of the room, all done, with a uh, sock load still attached to the parts. And I'm, you know, otherwise. Over the calf, over, by the way. Over, <laughs> that's how. Yeah, I pulled it up all over. This yeah. is pre-Flea and Anthony Kiedis. I mean, this Way isn't, before, okay. so I, I, right. I thought I'd invented it. Evidently, it comes naturally to some people. So I had the sock on there, and I stand up out of the bed, and the door goes, gunk, gunk, gunk. And there's Dan, and there I am, sock full, <laughs> hanging off of my appendage that's no longer 
<laughs> somewhere in between, you know, ready to play and going to sleep mode. And we just lock eyes. And my dad goes, dinner's ready. Stop that. <laughs> Close the and door. then just shuts the door. It stops. <laughs> we never talked about it again. That's got to be, I mean, of, of embarrassing moments. Oh, as a kid. It's got to be. Still one or I two. Was 14 or 15, <laughs> it was just. And then, because I was hungry too, because I was like, I was slinking off to dinner at that moment. It's just like, can I still have some of the food? Not, not a lot said. It was just pretty stop much stop that. that. <laughs> then, the door, then the door just closes. Dinner's ready. <laughs> Dinner's ready. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> the pauses were like. Oh. And then I just uh, I heard in the backyard later that night. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, that was about where I went with that. But yeah, it was a uh, you know. How do we get off on that? He, topic? he went uh, back and thought, "That's a pretty good idea." The sock. <laughs> oh, he probably he knows. He's making fun of me. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I digress. Back to uh, Dad Variety Show. <laughs> do you remember your dad's bit? And did they went on with the show with the dead conductor? They did. Why in the world? Man, it paused because they, they got him out of there. Got the gurney in there. The Who's conducting now? How it was about a half was hour delay. It's like, okay, I he's gone. <laughs> you didn't really need him. Nah, it's just some Evidently. idiot with a stick. I mean, <laughs> all right, all right, everyone. I'm not feeling 100%. I'm pretty sure it went on. I'm, I'm You know, it was like a half hour or 25 minute Man, delay. Because a lot of people thought, us. well, originally it was like the Heather McDonald. Yeah. People laughed. Well, they saw though, him you had to have paramedics and somebody come cart him out. They did after a while, yeah. but when he first dropped, <laughs> of course, they thought it was part of the show, right? Because something had to be funny that night, and of course, there was going to be a lot of fall down. Oh, there's rakes and fun faces, stuff. Probably some pies, and then bad barbershop quartet. I'm oh yeah, positive there was some. Then you had the guys that did the. Um, it was popular then. They'd put um, the outfit above, like their. Uh, Upper body, their head and shoulders would be a hat, and their oh. bellies would be the face. Good God, it's a, it's a midwestern skirts. nightmare. I tell you, nightmare. I remember that as a kid. I remember that dancing around, and then a lot of a lot of singing, some funny skits. It was almost like watching uh, amateur carabinet. Okay, well that's not good. Uh, this guy says, I did a variety show once. Uh, I showed a variety of ways of how to escape a son, Toledo's dad. Well, that's right. That's Toledo's dad's variety uh, show story. Hilarious. Uh, well, yeah, that sounds like the, the worst thing ever. But Bob Saget bonking his head and dying is, I mean, I've had concussions, a couple of them. And they tell you not to sleep. The first one I did because I, I wasn't sure I had one. I went to the hospital that's the next the problem. day. You're, there's no one around him at the time. Right. He's like, I figure I hit my head pretty hard. Yeah. I'm going to go to bed and I got a headache. I'm going to just lay down and rest. And now, I mean, the important thing is, is like, here's how you know if you had a concussion, for the most part, whatever grade. Yeah. Anytime you see lightning or a, a flash yeah. when you hit your head, sometimes you get that. But sometimes, because I've had a couple of good ones. Uh, and one I, one I was, I knew I had something wrong. I thought I broke my uh, skull, but I didn't want to tell my parents yeah so i'm like oh they're gonna get mad that you know gotta go to the hospital and all that so i'm like i'll just i'll just lay down and rest and i went right to sleep which and, and then the next morning they're like what happened i'm like i hit my head on a sidewalk yesterday and i i am a mess my i've never had a headache like that in my life and they're like you had a concussion i'm like oh no kidding and what'd you do after and we went home and went to sleep and they're like it's the worst thing you can do 
Like no kidding, try to, they try to keep you awake for during concussions, just in case yeah. you'll slip out. So, and they'll also take a look at you know how hard if there's a you know the, the crack in the oh, skull and all skull. that stuff. It's actually, better to crack your skull. They can find to relieve that. the. It's crazy. So the Bob Saget, everybody just keeps saying, "Oh, he hit his head and went and laid down and rested." He had to hit it pretty hard. This is not a minor bonk that will end you or brain bleed unless he had something else going on. But how about that? A month later, we find out Bob Saget goes out like that. It's been a month already? Jeez. Yeah, I know. They yeah. made it first when they were talking about the story. It made it look like he uh, took the wrong batch of uh, drugs. No, they said no pills. No pills, no alcohol. So just keep that in mind when you're driving around today that uh, no matter how good you might feel, and I'm in the same boat, all these uh, surgeries that have finally come to an end for me, and well, hopefully I say that, knock on poor Michael, but the... Uh, you know, my mobility's better. I'm feeling great and everything. And you bonk your head and you die. Just to, to take every day for what it's worth. I used to say that all the time at the end of the show. See you tomorrow, unless you die. Because you could, you might, you never know. So, you know. I know you look be goofy careful. if you're uh, on the skateboard or your mountain bike Wear wearing a helmet. Because no. yeah. I often don't. You not might not wake up. Like riding in the street, I, I still have a hard time throwing the helmet on. Like if I'm just going to do a canal ride or something, like, come on. I don't. I don't wear a helmet. For no. Yeah. And I don't want to. No. And that's the bad thing. It's because, like, this is dumb. Like, I look like I'm crazy. But then you see this, and you're like, oh, should caution be first and all that? Of course it should. But that's what makes riding the bike better is riding around with it off, and you don't feel like you've got all these tools. And Motorcycle's totally different. And I was, I was 50-50 on motorcycle. Yeah, if we're maybe. going on a long that's trip, I'm bringing a uh, – uh, I'm wearing a helmet. Yep. But there's been plenty of times just riding around town. No way. To me, me, that's like public service announcement number one. If you ride a motorcycle, put a helmet on. Because it's not not always going to be something you're in control of in a motorcycle. There's too many variables. With a bicycle, you're on a canal. Most of the time, you wreck it's your fault. Yeah, almost always it's your fault wrecking a bike. It's- I was I was look at the kids now though because you know when we were riding our bikes around the, the streets and stuff I never wore a helmet you know you crash and that's part of you dust yeah. off and get back on but now it's like I see these kids wearing them I'm like pussies yeah but I mean is it you know <laughs> because I mean, there's something going on that we used to be able to not hit our heads right like I'd crash and I don't remember ever scrape up your knee and your right. arms the only and- reason I got my concussion is because I had a helmet under my chin and no helmet yeah. on like I didn't have I don't know the kids- it was football tackle and a guy hit me and he was wearing a helmet. Uh, and I wasn't. And he pinned my head under his, and then we hit the ground, and I hit a sidewalk. And Something I, has changed. I think they, they've the kids have turned into, like, jarts, lawn yeah, darts. They don't catch <laughs> they, themselves. Yeah. They just flop. The Which head work. leads. Yeah, your kids need to get, you know, stronger. They need to understand that their heads are precious, and they can't just go limp every time. But they don't do anything to fall down anyway. Uh, so that might be it, too, is that I have one... A front yard in my entire neighborhood where I see kids playing. One. And we get some big front yards in my neighborhood. Never. And there's kids all over. I don't know what they're doing. I don't, I'm glad they're not all out in the front yard. I don't want to see that. But like kids, <laughs> parents end up hanging out in the front yard. They're the weirdos. But when your kids are outside, they, and that's, they wear helmets to just walk around. Like there's a few of them that Ridiculous. are, they'll play and they're wearing a helmet. But that's not an option anymore when you say, you know, like the parents out in the front yard. There's a reason yep. they're out in the front yard. Because their kid's going to get kidnapped if oh, they're yeah, not no. watching Everybody's the kid afraid play. their kids are beautiful. And your kid, look, again, I'll go back to it. 95% of your kids, I've seen them. They're all way too heavy to pick up. They're, almost all your kids are so big that it's like, I can't pick that up. A kidnapper has to be so strong 
to get most American kids in the back of a car because they're just so heavy. They're sacks of wet cement. You got one of them beautiful kids that makes sense, but everybody thinks their kids are targeted by it. Look, you know, I've seen it, John. I've gone yeah. out in the front yard a couple. Once I walked yeah. out the door to watch, I could see from a block away yeah. guys running <laughs> right. away. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're oh, the one keeping them out. Not this block. Right. <laughs> yeah, your kids are not targets. Almost zero of them. Like almost everybody listening, don't worry about it. I've seen almost all your kids. Yeah, John Walsh, you're not Adam. Okay. <laughs> right. No, yeah, something, there was something special about that kid. That's why he got nabbed. But nobody wants your uh, your kid at all. So you can let them walk home from school without you know standing five feet behind them and everything else. They can they can be human. He's but, 18 years old. You yeah. don't need to watch him play no, with his buddies. It's just a certain point where if they're in the front yard and, and you're worried about them getting stolen. What it is. You love your kid too much. Not getting out. Then you just haven't trained it well either. If somebody if it gets in, a, if your kid gets in a car with someone else that they don't know, that's your fault. One hundred percent. Like you need to put. The, there's too much. I will. You probably should have been reprimanded several times for being too friendly to strangers because it taught Kirby to just wander over to cars and go. Sure, I'm positive this candy's delightful. <laughs> My dad would have taken it out, take it instead of just teaching Kirby and all kids that everyone you don't know. Is a wild jerk. That's it. Everyone you, if you don't know them at all, they're horrible human beings. And that's how I was raised, and it's worked out really nicely for me. Really nice. And that's why, like, my neighborhood, when you say that, it's like everyone knew each other in that time. It was a bubble, but you're right. I mean, that's dangerous too, because then you start realizing the real statistic is most kids are stolen by somebody close or family. Yep. So just stop meeting each other. Stop being so goddamn social, and uh, your kids won't get stolen at all. Don't worry about it. The kid's on my front porch. I had to tell a lady once, like, my child, I'm just worried. I mean, you don't let that kid, this is at my old neighborhood, you don't let that kid walk from the school. Like, you can see your house from the school. I just worry the whole time that someone's going to abduct her. No one's taking that kid. She's like nine feet tall, 390-pound third grader. She's uh, She stands out. Let's just say that. She's got a thyroid problem. Yeah. Well, she's just, she's a special girl. Yeah, she's special, all right. Special, all right. I mean, you remember uh, growing up a little bit, some of the times that you had walking from school or to school in the morning and afterwards, some good memories or some fun oh, stuff, messing sure. around after school. Yeah. We saw. T- I was the first time I ever saw people having sex. Uh, Going by a park. Booker T. Washington uh, School, elementary school up there on Dobson and Baseline. We rode our bikes to Rhodes once. And the canal was dry, so we got to cut through. We'd have to go by Booker, and there was some teenage guy and his girlfriend all balled up right there next to that. I mean, that's a great romantic place to do it. That's why it? we'd walk by Miller Park <laughs> in hopes of seeing something Elementary like that. school. Two or three times. Yeah, elementary point. school playground up against the fence line by the, <laughs> by the canal. Really good time to just ball up and give her one. And he did. <laughs> and we just rode right by it. it. Had to be like 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, wow, how about that? The good old sex right there in the middle. I think that's the first time I ever saw it. Pretty sure. Completely different experience if mom was walking with you. Why? That's what I'm saying. The kid, the moms or, or parent go to the oh, school yeah, you don't have the a kid fun walking home. Actually, I'd have a good time. I'd be t- hey, Marcy, remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing walking me to school? Just get in the car. Why would my mother walk me to school? She's got a driver's license. If she's up and doesn't want me to do this, then I'm getting in the back seat. Yeah, anyway, your kids hit their heads. Yeah, you got to train them better not to. Hitting heads is 
Definitely something that we've trained kids not to do. We do break falls. Tuck and roll. Yeah, understand that your head's a precious commodity. It's like an egg. You don't want it's Humpty Dumpty. You don't want that thing bumping into the ground. Sometimes you can't help it. But do your best to uh, not hit your head. But yeah, I'm still, even with all this talk, if I were to get on my bicycle right now and ride here. Now, when I do ride from home to work, I'm on so many roads where the variables are not in my control. It's not just green belt that I'll wear a helmet. Yeah. But canal rides and stuff? (laughs) Silly. I don't ride around the neighborhood, but I'm not even on the canal. And it's not advocating for, you know, everybody to not wear helmets. But if you do, you're a pussy. So that's all we're saying. You live with your (laughs) life that way. Mountain biking, I demand it. Demand it. Because I've seen dudes riding without their helmets, and it, it makes my skin crawl. I have to, they have to get out of sight. I'm like, I can't. One th- anything can go wrong. On a, you're on those trails flying down, those, and those rocks are unforgiving to every part of your body, even with a helmet. I've seen a helmet explode. Uh, there's a dude I was riding with named Scott, and I came around the corner, and he was on the ground. I'm like, you all right? And he goes, no. When he got up, his helmet right down the center just fell. Yes. And he's like, I hit my head on that rock. And I'm like, are you okay? And he goes, I think it's the only, thing, only reason I'm alive. His helmet split in half. It, oh. it was. Yeah, it was the only reason he's alive. It hit it in the back of his head, too, and he's like, he was a mess. But, yeah, I'm not, he had one of those mentalities where he weren't sure if he was constantly concussed or not. But anyway, if you've hit your head, don't go to sleep. That's what Bob Saget's death has taught us. You got a headache from hitting your head? Do not lay down. You're not going to rest that off. So that's unfortunate because that, that's something that could have been avoided. Heart attack, one of those things, you're like, oh, that's just, that's a weird one that could have been probably avoided. So it makes it even kind of more tragic. Uh, let's get a wake-up song, shall we? 602-585-9800, a good one, and we'll scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell? 98. I'm not cool with this at all. KUPD. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.